Do you know a family looking to enrich their children's Jewish learning? Some families cannot send their children to private Jewish day school. Many Jewish parents today homeschool, but still need a solution that offers their children serious Jewish learning. Kita is the online Jewish classroom for families. Built for Jewish families looking for serious Jewish learning at an affordable price. With Kita, middle school aged children receive three Khan Academy style lessons each week and also participate in a weekly Zoom lesson. Students in Kita this year are learning Chumash Bamidbar, Mishnah Sukkah, and Gemara Brachot. And we're soon starting a new course in Navish Mual Aleph. Students can join some of the courses or all of them. Now is a great time to try our Kita. Don't wait for the fall and lose another half year of critical Torah skills and learning. To learn more about how Kita can help your children grow and thrive in Jewish learning, visit kita.org. That's K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism and modern orthodoxy and whatever we feel like talking about, which is what we're going to, th- today we're going to talk about a survey that was designed by our very own Harab Johnny Salman. But before we can do that, we're going to introduce our panelists, our members. Uh, with us here is Harabani Mali Bravsky. Hello, Harabani Mali Bravsky. Hello. How are you doing? Oh well. Hashem. Mali Bravsky is a Jewish educator specializing in Machshevi Israel. She lectures and has held a number of academic and administrative positions at various institutions in Jerusalem. She's currently working as a field advisor for YU's Wurzweiler School of Social Work in Israel. She has published and lectured extensively on Jewish thought and other topics, as well on issues of emotional health and the interaction between the two fields. And I'm very excited that Molly is offering a, uh, a webinar for our educators through the Herzog College of Education on, what do we say, Molly? It was on the issue of mental health and Jewish studies teachers, something like that. I don't remember exactly what the topic was, but... It was how to infuse um, uh, meaning and values into the Judaic studies class without compromising intellectual rigor. So if you're interested in bringing that hachshara to your Judaic studies teachers, ah, give me a call. We're here with Rav Johnny Solomon. Hello, Rav Johnny. Hello, Anshala. Ah, the dulcet tones. Rav Johnny Solomon is a teacher. <laughs> it's true. It's like you hear. It's like it's calming. It's just you know takes you to takes you a different place. Rav jo- maybe to the Thames we can watch the bridge go up and down. Okay, Rav Johnny Solomon. Sorry, that was a joke. Rav Johnny Solomon is a teacher at Matana Midrash at Lindenbaum. He's an editor at Mosaic Press as well as an independent editor and writing coach. He is a virtual rabbi providing online spiritual coaching, halacha consultations, and one-to-one learning. Yeah, and I can tell you, uh, if you want, if you're looking for spiritual coaching, reach out to Rav Johnny. Uh, thank God, many, many people are reaching out to him, and it's very, very encouraging to see. Beyond this, Rav Johnny writes a daily thought on Daf Yomi, a weekly online Chumash Rashishir, and online schmoozes and author interviews, which you can find on his YouTube channel. How's that going, Johnny? You're, have you, I haven't seen recently. Have you done some recently? I booked somebody to talk with in 
in the next couple of weeks. I need to get back to them. But no, we got got a few people lined up. Right, because there's nothing else on your plate. Because you just have to do more podcasts. Yeah, we've been a little bit busy, <laughs> but we've got a few people lined okay. up already. Yeah. My name is Ruben Spalter. I'm the director of uh, the Remoting Teacher Training Program at the Herzog College in Israel. I'm also, that's sort of transitioning. Remoting is ending, God willing. And I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in charge of teacher training and English language product development, which is very, very exciting. I'm the Shorashim representative at Sohar for English-speaking countries, which means that if you're uh, trying to prove that you're Jewish for the Rabbanu de Rashid, I can, I can help you, and people contact me for that. And finally, I'm the director and founder of Kita.org, an online Jewish classroom platform. So if you're a teacher, specifically in middle school, and you're looking for amazing material to make your classroom that much better, give me, send me an email. Uh, okay, Johnny, you did the survey. So before we get to the survey, I'm going to turn it over to you. Not before. I'm going to turn it over to you. Explain what it is that you designed, how you, uh, how you did it, why you did it. And then uh, Molly and I are going to take the survey. Go for it. Okay. So well, you're emphasizing a lot about the survey, but really it was a conversation for which the survey was a small expression of thoughts and uh, reflections of participants or people who've read or listened to my uh, talk. But before Wait, where get, was I this talk? Explain to, to people who don't know, where was this talk? Okay, okay. So, in fact, let me give it a bit of background and then uh, I'll talk about the talk and talk about the survey. So firstly, I want to credit you both because well, this is now like our, was it like our 120th episode? And we've been talking about so many important things. And through our conversation, a whole bunch of things become clearer to me. And I think uh, I think we each agree that through these conversations, we've learned from each other. And just for our listeners, we always say, what's kind of the USP of RZ Weekly? We don't come with a script. We have conversations. And in that moment, we you know, learn insights and perspectives that perhaps we ourselves haven't thought of. And you get to hear it live. And so over those last 120 episodes, we've been discussing some of the wonderful aspects of the religious orthodox, of the modern orthodox ideology. At the same time, we've been talking about areas of strain, areas of shifts within those communities, both in the diaspora and in its various expressions here in Israel. Uh, and we've also spoken about the role of uh, education, of teaching emunah, of machshava, and how that aligns with, you know, halachic uh, teaching, halachic leadership. That's kind of been one of our regular go-to topics, which has emerged in a whole bunch of different conversations. And uh, I, I've been doing a lot of reading over the last few months and reflecting on the ideological community to which I proudly belong. And uh, in addition to that, I've been meeting with a lot of people through these virtual rabbi spiritual coaching halachic consultation uh, sessions. And people are telling me things that they're not sharing in public which is itself uh, deeply problematic. They're talking about things which they feel their religious leader, if they have one, their rabbi won't understand or all judge them uh, if they were to share that. And many of them don't have guides themselves. And what's becoming compelling in terms of those discussions and those conversations is that a lot of people within our ideological community feel somewhat spiritually lost. They don't quite know what they believe and why they are hungry for a certain sense of spiritual connection. And though there's a whole bunch of things they do and a whole bunch of things they learn and a whole bunch of institutions they're proudly associated with, many, although by no means all, and I'm not able to give numbers, I'm not a, a, you know, a sociologist, I haven't done any objective survey, 
but many of the people I'm talking to feel that there's something missing and that's being expressed in their personal relationships, in their relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, or their feeling of place within the wider Jewish community. And with that in mind, following our conversations, following those discussions and following the various different uh, essays and books that I've been reading uh, in recent months, I basically decided to talk about uh, some of the things I've been hearing and think about some of the ideas that I've been dwelling on. And I delivered a number of lectures when I was in the UK for the Mizrahi UK conference uh, in Manchester and London, and then subsequently on my return in Efrat, uh, discussing what I termed modern orthodox interiority or the spiritual learnings and spiritual struggles of uh, modern orthodox men, women, and couples. And in so doing, I tried to really diagnose what I think is happening in some of our communities. Can you just define that term, Johnny, interiority? What it, like, I don't really know what that oh. word means. <laughs> Well, a lot of people th thought I must have written a typo, must have meant inferiority. <laughs> interiority is a fancy word for pnimiut, that sense of inner spiritual connection. And I, I would say that interiority is a lot of what I hear about in terms of that lacking. To use a different term uh, used by Isidore Epstein in, a, in his book, The Faith of Judaism, in, printed in 1954, he talks about a sense of spiritual anemia, which I thought was a really beautiful and powerful term to describe some of the things I'm hearing, not all. And so I tried to basically, if you could call it your term, diagnose or crystallize what's going on and what are the factors. And there's no single factor. Some of it's to do with the way in which we look at religious leaders. Some of it's to do with our insistence on autonomy and emphasis on privacy. A lot of it's to do with the kind of expectations of communities uh, and uh, part of it's to do with uh, how, while we have rich, profound literature and great, profound teachings from modern Orthodox scholars, of whom many of us are their students, somehow we've not done well enough in terms of conveying those to our students. Like, if you're a member of Chabad, then you know a whole bunch of principles of the Rebbe. And if you're a breast liver, you know a whole bunch of principles of Rebbe Nachman. And yet, there's, I'd say, rich wisdom from the Rabbi Lichtensteins and the Rabbi Sachs of sort of age of this world that, though we may have heard of, we're still not entirely clear of. And when we face a challenge, we don't quite know how to apply it. Well, now, wouldn't that go, that Johnny, to the heart of what is, is there such a thing as modern Orthodox ideology? I mean, is it, doesn't that go to our own ambivalence about whether we actually believe in or who decides what we believe in specifically? What? But the answer is, okay, it could be, but since we like using that term, and since those ideas have been shared, and I since I think they're very, very wise, there's a disconnect between what I think are profound, powerful, compelling solutions to being a modern Orthodox Jew, and modern Orthodox Jews who don't seem to be finding or being taught or feeling connected with those that wisdom. I mean, I'm not saying that modern orthodoxy doesn't have the answer. I say it does, but what's going on that somehow we're not sharing them, teaching them, and people are struggling with basics to do with Jewish thought and Jewish faith, which they've been mistaught. Rav Lichtenstein talks about how we make errors in halakha. We should be careful not to do so. But he also speaks about how we can make errors in emunah, and we should be careful not to do so. And the people I'm meeting in these spiritual coaching sessions, in general, although not absolutely, are coming because... They've misunderstood a certain fundamental principle of Judaism, and it's confused them. And I'm asking myself, what went wrong? Now, 
with that in mind, I want to finish in about like 30 seconds. So I, I delivered basically a similar talk with slight changes between what I spoke about in outside of Israel and inside of Israel um, uh, about this, this, this trend and these factors and with thinking out loud by no means claiming to have any of the answers. And if there are things I've shared, most of them have probably been shared before, but perhaps not altogether. And I accompanied my talk with a very simplistic survey, one which was very much weighted to the kind of things I'm discussing, asking questions about, do you know what you believe in terms of your faith and why? Do you think modern Orthodox Jews suffer from spiritual anemia? You can see this is not a, you know, a, a, a objectively done survey, but I was curious people who came to a talk any which way. They're already listening to a discussion on this topic, but they were given the chance to respond anonymously. And uh, I've received a whole bunch of responses, both from those talks and also subsequently because I posted this survey online. And what I've come to see, and I have these surveys here in my hands, um, is that what I've seen to be talking about seems to be even a greater phenomenon than necessarily I'm seeing. And uh, a lot of people are telling me privately, it's frustrating that I have issues to do with faith I have issues to do with living a life which is aligned with Jewish belief and yet I don't feel I can talk about it with anybody because of the structures we've put in place and because of the lack of emphasis on these fundamentals Wait, can we go to, can we go to that I am, I am fascinated by that so so just give me a little bit of a sense of why do people feel they can't talk about their spirituality in the context of modern orthodoxy Okay, so I, I'll, I'll throw and out then, a couple of go thoughts, I'd yeah. love to hear from you both, yeah. because, as I say, I thought we, I'm not we want to do it. You know, maybe we said we should go back. Like, maybe, uh, you know, let's do one of the questions that you'd like from the survey, and you'll ask Molly, and then maybe I'll try. Well, let's, let's do it that way. I think that, that would be more, might lead to more interesting uh, responses. Pick your favorite. Well, okay, let's... Or pick whichever one you want. I don't, I don't, listen, I, I don't, I don't necessarily have a favorite, but okay, do you know what you believe in terms of your faith and why? You, one would assume that somebody who's had a strong Jewish education, which most of the people I'm talking uh, with are, they, we're not talking about from completely outlying communities. These are people who've been to Jewish high, elementary schools, high schools, many of them, yeshiva and midrashah, some of them Jewish colleges, right? They go to shiurim, they attend synagogue. You'd say, are you kidding me? That's like a dumb question. It, it's extraordinary. Wait, uh, so, this is so the question adults, is... So the not, question this is not young people. It's extraordinary that most people say... I'm not so sure. A handful will say, yeah, kind of. But the ambiguity on the fundamentals should be startling to us. And we can all offer some reasons for this, and I'd love to hear yours. But that's a problem. I think that's a problem. So I want to turn it to Molly. Molly, the first question is, do you know what you believe in terms of your faith and why? Now, I'm not going to ask you that question because it's not fair to ask us because all of us are educators. And if, 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 I mean, we all have struggles, I assume, in our faith and what have you. But I hope we would have some indication since we're teachers about faith and speak about it a lot. So I would like you to answer uh, uh, in absentia for your students. Put, put your head on, uh, you know, your seminary students. What do you think, or in your discussions with them, what do they answer to this question? Okay, so first of all, I, um, I want to just clarify the question. Are we talking about when we say, read the question again, do you... Do you know what you, what believe, you believe in terms of your faith okay, and why? Okay, so are we talking about in terms of your faith, are we talking about modern orthodoxy, or are we being broader than that, Johnny? 
I, I, when somebody asked me, what do you mean by that question? I said interpreter. Okay, fine. So yeah, I, I will, meaning that they're, they're so weighted. So there's trait. so much. And, and, our, and our listeners at this time should ask themselves, we have some teachers and then and some and some many lay people. You know, you could ask yourself the same question. Okay, so ask I, for yourself I, and answer, okay. think about for your students. So I'm going to I'm going to answer it in terms of modern orthodoxy. But I think like that's the kernel of the problem. Like if, if the answer is no to I don't know why I believe that I, that in modern orthodoxy, how are they going to? That leads to question. No, no, I, I don't mean when when I ask a question, it's not why you believe why your faith in modern orthodoxy. I mean faith in God as a modern orthodox. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That was but a still, but still, I, I think okay. that it's a particular problem for the modern orthodox community, um, and I think the reason is because when we those people who are modern orthodox aren't really so sure why they're modern orthodox, as you said before, Johnny. Despite the fact that. You've got a litany of philosophical articles written by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs and by Rav Lichtenstein and by Rav Soloveitchik. Modern orthodoxy suffers, by definition, from a um, a lack of clarity about what it means to be modern orthodox and how that how a person who's modern orthodox can be intensely religious. And I think that's for two reasons. Um, one is because, by definition, people assume modern orthodox means somewhere in the middle. And unfortunately, people assume that middle is parv, right? That's what middle means, amnishtahin and nishtaher. As opposed to, again, Sir Wilkenstein, when he, as I think he was right, when he said, those of us who've, who've learned this understand that the middle is actually the most intense place because it's like, you know, the, the, the like electron that's holding the positive and the negative. So it's got all the power there. But I think that when, you know, as Rav Wilkenstein says, how much of our centrism, um, how does he quote, I'm quoting from like memory, stems from some type of passion and how much from tepid indifference. Unfortunately, for most people, the center is a place of tepid indifference. And I think problem number two, and this I think goes even more deeply to the issue of faith, is that for whatever reason, our community, and this is, Rabbi Carmi makes this point, um, when he talks about what modern orthodoxy is, he says, for too many people, it's been boiled down to a laundry list of halachic do's and don'ts. And even perhaps hashkafic do's and don'ts, because people aren't really thinking so much about halacha, right? So do I keep kosher? Do I keep Shabbos? Maybe even do I daven mincha? Do I daven three times a day? Um, you know, what do I wear? What color keep is on my head? All the, right, whatever it is, it's a laundry list of behavior, and it's not... Um, it's not a, it, it, it doesn't translate into a gesture of faith. Now, when you ask me, what was, how did you phrase the question? I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me because I have a different Do you know what you believe in terms of Do I know what I believe? Exactly. So for me, um, I, I think the answer to do you know what you believe needs to stem from a very deep understanding that, um, that, you have to be able to answer that question at every single minute of your life. Meaning you have to be able to know what you believe in the sense that what you believe, I believe what, what the, 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 let's say, what faith means. And, and again, if you're going to stay in the modern orthodox lane just because that's our lane, right? What it really means, and again, this is a Rikarmi, is Right and, and to quote Rav Lichtenstein, a theocentric rather than an anthropocentric view of of God of 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 your of of life. Meaning, I am a servant of God. That's what it means to be a person of faith. Right. I mean, you can also talk about the lowly man of faith and what that means, but let's just leave it as I believe that to be a, a person of faith means that I am a servant of God. 
To be a servant of God, that means that every action in my life coheres to, to, and I can answer coherently, why am I making this decision? How does it cohere with service of God? And I just want, I want to say that this sounds kind of in the air, but it's not in the air. And I'll give you an example of why, because, and I don't want to call anybody out, so I'm going to try to make this very vague, but it was a Facebook post that kind of shocked me. Um, It was in, in response to one of the articles, you know, the Lair House had put out a whole forum on modern orthodoxy. And so it was a response to one of the articles and somebody wrote that like, they met somebody, and again, I want to be very vague, in a traveling environment, and they, the person was more yeshivish, and they were talking, and they could talk and learning, and then the guy, like, took out his guitar, and the guy was like, wait, I don't understand, well, how can you play music? It's Bitzel Torah, and the guy's like, well, I don't really know, and that's the extent of my modern orthodoxy, and he was saying it almost as, like, a point of pride, that, like, he couldn't, ex- he, he couldn't articulate why, he, why playing music was part of his, you know, an expression of his faith, um, and I was like, that's terrible. Now, again, I'm not calling out this person. I'm sorry. He's a wonderful, deep person. I'm sure it was a flip Facebook comment. So please, if somebody figures out who it is or the person who wrote it figures out, please, I'm not defaming you. I'm using it kind of as a, a, a you know, like, like I'm kind of turning it from a real fact into like a symbolic story. But the point is, you should have tripping off the, your tongue. I, of course, I know why I play music. I play music um, for multiple reasons. First of all, I believe that music is a gift from God that when we play it brings us closer to God. Second of all, I believe that it is a, uh, an innate talent that God gave me and that I have an obligation as a person of faith to you know, to, to use those talents and enrich my relationship with, with God, not only through secular, but through, not only through religious, but through secular means. Third of all, I believe in healthy relaxation as part of my service of God, right? It should be tripping off your tongue because you should be thinking about these things all the time. And we don't educate towards that. And I think that that, that um, meaning what we're all missing is faith consciousness, constant faith consciousness, constant God. And again, I, I know that I'm quoting him all the time, but too bad. Um, he talks something about, he says something like, your faith is something that's sometimes honored only in the breach, but it should be there. Your, your awareness of it should be there. And we don't have that in modern orthodoxy. And I think Johnny's right, and you, and I do think you have it in more yeshivish communities. Not all, let's not idealize the Haredi communities, but in many there's a passion that we don't have. And I think Johnny's question about why is absolutely fascinating. Like I've pointed to some endemic problems, endemic problems being it's sort of centrist and it's a laundry list, but I think Johnny's question is a really interesting one. Like, are we not educating properly? Because Ruby, you had asked about my students. Yes, I teach this. I teach why, you know, how you should be and why you should be passionately modern orthodox. And my students tell me, you're the first person I ever saw who, you know, or the school, members of the school, right? Not only necessarily. Um, you're the first, are the first people I've ever seen who've actually lived this way. I don't see it. I don't see it in my communities. I don't, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't. You might, be the, you might be the only one. You might be the only one. Okay, the school, so you might be the only one. Um, it could be, could be. But I, my point is, they're like, we, we, we don't see this, even if we're getting lip service to it in the more modern Orthodox high schools. It's not like they're not teaching us writings by the rub. It's not coming through, and that's why, Johnny, I think like your your question of like, what are we doing wrong, and how could we be doing it better, is a really important one. Like, is it about education? Is it about education towards emotion and values? Like, h- how do we do this better? I think that's absolutely fascinating. So I want to respond to something you said because, model, you 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 put it in the framework of modern orthodoxy. And that's really what I mean. Johnny didn't answer the question of what was the specific question 
Do you know what I believe in terms of your... By the way, the reason I did that was because when Johnny kind of asked us this question originally, he did put it in the framework of our community, which is why I was thinking along those lines. No, that's not the same as what are... Like you asked, are you talking about broader belief or you asked, are you talking about modern Orthodox belief? And so when I... And then you immediately went to Shaviti Hashem Benegdi Tamid and, you know, Dali Fnemi Atomeid and a constant awareness of God presence. Uh, I have something to say about that in a second. But those are not modern Orthodox concepts. Correct. That's why those I, are I agree. Broad, Jew, meaning modern Correct. Orthodox belief is the middle, and where do I fit? No, but, but that's my point, Ruby. I think on, that if on, you're modern on, Orthodox, on, you should also on. believe that. If you're a person on, of faith, on. you're a person of faith. Right. And that's it, my. But that's my point. Meaning, we immediately go to Rav Salavechik and Rav Lichtenstein, mm-hmm. and we forget to talk about. I don't, and I don't mean Moran Abuchim. I'm not a philosophy I'm guy. Sure. We forget to talk about. Well, Hachoshuva. and Muna. And as you said. Be or tefillah. We don't, we don't talk about, you know, like you got to Vahafta before you get to Vahafta. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. You say these things twice a day, day and night. What are you thinking about when you say these things? Mm-hmm. You know, I believe Chazal, in or, address, the, not Chazal, Kadosh Baruch Hu said, you have to say this morning and night to frame your day. Why are you getting up in the morning? You know, why are you going to sleep at night? You want to worry about secular culture or not secular culture? And why am I playing guitar? And, you know, what's my modern Orthodox identity? These are all good things. But without a fun, without a sound yes. basis of essential um, Jewish, not, it's not Jewish thought, essential, you know, Ikare Emuna, Jewish ideology, without that firm basis, then, then all that is just quicksand. 100%. You know, and I think that's part of the problems of with our communities is that we, we don't, we, we stay in that very powerful place and we don't go to those more intense places. And it's interesting. You're, you're kind of saying maybe we think, oh, that's not our stuff. That's for like the firmer people. Like that's for me. I didn't say that. But I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering why it is. It should be, it's obvious to me that those things are just as much like, you know, like the, the nachala of our community as any other community. It was, it was really interesting. One, one, of the, one day I remember when I was in, in Michigan, I was rabbi of a shul. And I was really curious. The mega churches were really big at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, YouTube came out. And I was like, I want to like, I want to watch. What's so what's so exciting? What they do? So first of all, they have an awesome band. I mean, what I wouldn't do to have an awesome band? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to have Karbach, like Slichos. Yeah. Oh, I would love a gospel choir. Anyway, nonetheless, you know, could you imagine the beauty of a choir and a band and the power of music? Whatever. It was a, fine. But another thing they did: the pastor at the very beginning of of the like of the tefillah, he holds up the Bible and he says, "Okay, everyone, say after me." This is mantra. He says. This is God's holy book. In it is his word. We believe every word that it says that this is the only, like some, some mantra that he said, you know, like, like this is our belief. And it's so interesting that we, we, we state it in Hebrew, but if you would ask the people to say the exact same thing in English, you'd get a lot of like, can we get, like, you know, can, can we I just say back one thing on the God? That? Sure. I, so, so I remember when I was learning Dafyomi, right? So the phrase Rahmana Amre, right? So how would you guys translate the phrase Rahmana Amre? Torah says. Torah says, right? What does it really mean? Rahmana. Well, I write about how Hakadosh Baruch Hu says. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? right. The merciful one says. So the person who was teaching us Dafyomi that day said, "Just look at the the space we just created between ourselves and God," right? Meaning, it's exactly what you just said about the book. That's what it reminded me. He's like, it means Hashem told us. But we kind of just, just like, like create some distance and say, no, no, no. The Torah tells us, right? The book tells us. And we create this space between us and God and kind of put the Torah in the middle. 
And again, there's something very beautiful about the, the Torah as the revealed work of God, but like what that pastor was doing, sometimes we miss that connection. And I think we often miss it. We, yeah. we, I don't know if we miss it, we intentionally obscure it because it makes us uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and, but, and it's a problem. That being said, I just want to get back to what you said. I just feel like when, you, like, I mean, it's wonderful what you said, like following Rabbi Lichtenstein's ideology, that you should have an answer for every single thing that you do. Uh, I guess that's an ideal. I don't know if I, I don't know if I subscribe to it as much as uh, in, in such an intense way. Meaning, I think that like life is life. I think that there's, you know, we th- if we think about like, you know, the concept of mitzvot tzichot kavana. So do you have to have active kavana or mm-hmm. passive kavana? Meaning, like, is a person like literally now in this podcast, am I serving God every second of the day? Or but Ruby, I if have- I asked you, how is this podcast cohere? With your work as an Evan Hashem, I hope you could give me an answer. I, 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 I could, I, but I don't know if it's reasonable to say everything not I do. because I'm teaching Torah through the path. Because I believe that I'm contributing something to the world and contributing something to the world is part of my value. Like, you just have to be able to have a coherent, to, again, quoting Rolochenstein for the, somebody, you know, again, if we had a shot game, I would, you'd all be drunk by now. But... We should um, do that. You know, he says... Whenever, he, whenever Johnny says... Uh, I don't know, we have to... Yeah, Robert Ray Sachs. Um, <laughs> although Johnny's so eclectic that it could be much more. So yeah, Lichtenstein quotes, I, I forgot which poem, where he talks about to see life Hello? steadily and to see it, see it whole. Somebody can Google that, who that is, Blake, I don't remember. But he says that's what it means, to see life steadily and to see it whole, right? Which means you have a, a unified conception of the way that you live, and you can, you can make an articulate argument for how you live, which doesn't mean I agree with you. Like, it no, that's what I mean. You can make an argument of obviously how you live and you should. And if you don't have an answer for how you live and why you live the way you live, that's an interesting question that people should be thinking about. But I don't think I'd give a Well, like my answer to the person who says, well, why are you playing guitar? It's Bittel Torah. My answer would be, who says that God wants me to learn Torah every single second of the day? But that's now? a coherent answer because you're saying I'm still doing what God wants. No, well, I've God placed me in the world. You guys, God yes. placed me in the world. God gave me a guitar. He I, created wonderful music. Right. And I like it. Okay. I, I but that's, it, you're you know? still saying, I, I'm, this is part of my worldview about my relationship with God in the world. You're still yeah. coherent. You're still yeah, coherent. And sometimes, why did I watch that show? Because I wanted to, probably shouldn't have. And okay. I'm, but but I then at least you're that. coherent enough to say, uh, maybe that was a little incoherent. And you, you feel that twinge of incoherence. Johnny, take us back. Do you agree with our conclusion, with what Molly and I um, uh, have said that that like it comes back to a lack of discussion and an unwillingness to engage in basic tenets of faith, at least in our communities, or you think it's something different? And then we'll take a quick break. I think you got a little bit lost in terms of the meaning of modern orthodoxy and the presumption that every modern orthodox Jew should need to be able to express why they do what they do at every moment, or I certainly hope that thoughtful people think about why they do what they do at every moment. But I'm interested in even more simple fundamentals, which mm-hmm. is if you're a Jew and you live an observant life and you pray to a God, you know, do you sense that relationship with God? Do you take God seriously? When you say blessings, do you take God seriously? I quoted Jay Lefkowitz's you know, article about social orthodoxy. And while I don't entirely agree with all his conclusions, that, no question, is how many people live in, in some respect or another. And, and why is it such 
a bother to me. Meaning, I'm not speaking here just to, again, firstly, I have no interest in criticizing. I belong to this ideological community. This isn't finger pointing. This is actually kind of trying to say to ourselves, why are we not go, you know, thinking about the wisdom that we've been bequeathed by these great teachers? But secondly, it's because these things have an impact. They have an impact on people's lives and in families. And I meet people, I at least meet people online. And faith matters. We often think that having these kind of philosophical uh, debates is just dealing with kind of the, the lambdas of being Jewish, but when it comes down to it, we all know how to live. That's rubbish. Actually, how we think directly impacts how we live. And if we have misunderstandings of the role of God in what we do in our life, or the role of God in events that happen within our life, then when those events happen, we're going to be very, very confused. And especially... I, I think that certain communities have not so great answers. Mm -hmm. I think our community have sort of deep answers. Yet our community don't seem to know them that well. So if, for example, somebody's got a relative who's sick, our great teachers, we mentioned Rav Lichtenstein and others, have taught us how to think about the natural and the supernatural, the role of nature and the role of God. They've helped us make sense of bad things. Not that they know why everything happens, but to get a sense of how do I interpret the events of the time while not being so presumptuous to know for sure? Yet, the people I meet, many of them, not all, kind of, if something bad happens, they have, are going to the simpler mm -hmm. answers, which isn't reflective of the lifestyle they're leading. There's almost an internal ideological conflict in their heart. They're living one thing, they're thinking another, and they're really not sure of how they are. I mean, Rav Shagar, by the way, has a very simple example where he talks about how his, um, his uh, uh, water tank and his roof kind of broke, right? Um, his Dud Shemesh broke. And he said, how do I interpret this? Is it just I needed a new Dud Shemesh? Or is there something deep to interpret? Now he thinks about that out loud. I think most modern Orthodox Jews don't even think for a moment. And, part, and by the way, we saw this expressed where we didn't have within our community for the great, great, great majority even the slightest scratch of a theological response or reflection of COVID, which is absurd given the fact that there are Mishnayot Masechet Ta'anit, right? Deals exactly when terrible things happen, we're supposed to reflect on God. That didn't happen. It's because there is a certain spiritual disconnect. Uh, but Johnny, and, in all uh, fairness, that didn't I happen anywhere not true in the yeshivish world there okay. was a beautiful video going on going around um that like talked about covid and and um it was like imagine in 13 years a kid who has a bar mitzvah and he can't imagine the world without covid and how and how horrible that is now it was like for tishabov can you imagine the, like does it do, do, can do you feel the same dissonance without you know um the base of Mikdash? Like, they were doing that thinking. They were, I think, Johnny, I don't, know. Just, no, I, 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 I don't mean, yeah, yeah. example, don't, don't grab me on examples. You know me, like, don't grab me on my examples. Um, but the point is that I think Johnny said something very deep and very powerful right now, and I think it's really true. I think what Johnny said was that in our community, it's, I think he's really right. We don't do enough thinking about um, our relationships with God and and. and how we make sense of our of our of our relationship with God it's true and 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 the, and the events that happen in our lives and when things are hard and when we're struggling and it can be simple things or more difficult things and I think Johnny's also right that then because we don't have 
um, the more complex answers, people go to extremes that are more simplistic from other communities or from their childhood. And I think it's it's tremendously true. And again, I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't think that you're right. I think that the yeshivish world, I'm not talking about their response to COVID. Leave that out. You know, I'm just saying they think this way. We might not always agree with how they think, but they oh, talk, agree with. They talk about they God. About they make the connections with God a yeah, lot yeah. more quickly. Um, and we might not agree with the way they do it, but we're not doing it at all. And yes, our ways are harder and more complex. And I think what Johnny said was really, really powerful. Okay, so let's take a quick break. And we'll be right back after this. Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon. And I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ila, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Okay, Johnny, I want to follow up exactly what, what Molly just said, but I want to ask you sort of in a different way. Is it, I mean, you talk about the modern Orthodox community and, and there's a lack of God awareness. And so it really made me think and wonder, modern Orthodoxy is made up of a lot of, a lot of different people, but very often it's made up of people who practice Orthodoxy but believe in modernity, meaning they're, they're, they're comfortable in, my, in Orthodoxy because it's important to them to identify in, in Judaism, but they're, they're, much, they're also quite comfortable, not very much thinking about you know, what it is underlying the beliefs. They're very Western. They're very much influenced by Western culture and Western beliefs and Western ideology, and more identify, I would say, with that than with Jewish thought. You know, it's really interesting. You asked me about COVID. If you want to bring God into COVID, then you have to say that God brought about COVID. And that, that brings up a whole what, litany what? of questions. And I, I need to say yeah. that? That's not what Johnny's whole point is me. that you don't need to say that. You could have a much more complex... Um, you have to say that God oh, has a relationship well, no, th- and God has a, God, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place for God in understanding the role of COVID in our lives. And that makes people, I, think, that may, I don't know about me, I could see people becoming deeply uncomfortable with questions of that nature. Deeply uncomfortable. What, what I would say is the following. So wait, wait, let me just finish. Again, okay, I'll get back to you. So therefore, if we, if we are don't, you, are you, if we, are you firstly, identif- I wouldn't say that. And if you think that that's what I would say, that's part of the problem. Maybe. Like, no, and, and I'd like to think that I'm somewhat familiar with the teachings and writings, not just halachic. And again, I, you know that I'm, I come with a, from a world of passionate learning of te- and teaching of halakha. But Mari has been speaking about this for ages. It's not just a footnote in our community. This is central. And I'm trying to emphasize the relationship between the two. Sorry. <laughs> I'm still stuck on COVID. <laughs> We'll do a song. We don't don't talk about COVID. That'll be the first of the um, Ruby Johnny and the Dulcet Tones. That'll be our first day. Sidebar, Johnny. God didn't bring about COVID. Man did. Where's God in this? 
I'm, I'm, you know what? Let's let's. I'll happily write something for our listeners for all. No, those write it for me. I want to know for me. You said it's like very. But simcha, but happy to as well. But what that already does is presume a whole bunch of theological, you know, conclusions which I don't believe to be absolutely compelling, which are reflective sometimes of errors in emunah. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong. Or you're right. But I'm saying. We, we, it's weird because, and this is what Rav Lichtenstein says in such a simple, you spend hours, you know, I've, I'm dealing with a very complicated shaila at the moment. It's literally weeks, weeks trying to deal with the most difficult of issues. With, and we'll now when people ask a question, we give a knee-jerk reaction as if somehow we, we knew, know intuitively how to respond to the needs of the moment and understand some of the deepest of conversations. So I'm, I'm sorry, I find your answer deeply. One second. Deep, wait, wait, let me finish, please. Deeply unsatisfying. Because you're talking about... I haven't answered you, anything. I understand. I'm and, saying, and yes. give, me an, give me time to... No, wait, can, I, can I defend wait, no, you Johnny? That's, that's deeply, deeply unsatisfying. But, and maybe that's why people have trouble talking about it. Because you asked me, where is God? I want to know, where's God in the world? It was a very simple question. Where's God in the, in the idea of COVID? Where is he? What's, and you're saying... I could write you up an answer and I can think about it. No, okay. And I'm not I'll, giving I'll you a flippant answer. Fine. You know, and people want to know. I, I, I will, That's the question they want to know. Peseda, I will gladly... I'll give you a I'll regular hot response because you're pushing me and I'm happy that you do so. What I am going to say is it's an I'll regular hot response and just as much as when I get write a tshuva, I generally don't give our regular chat tshuva on complicated things. In general, I wouldn't do so for machshava things, and I think that's part of the problem. And, uh, no, I think, Johnny, that's part of the problem, because people want answers to their questions. They don't want more questions. People, you, and you people want, people want fast to have, food, you want but when you go to, to a restaurant, sometimes you have to wait for food to be you cooked. Want people to have, people you want, want people to have a, a connection with God. They want to feel God in their lives. And if you say, well, said, it's so, complicated, so then you have to think about so it. So then let's respect that. Then let's respect the fact that not everything is kind of like, you know, as if you're, you're speaking as if we're living in this uh, fast food culture that I want to give it to me now. Like, one second. Things take time, you know, you know, and conclusions take moments. And as does halacha, and one would not expect that to be done. But now, uh, let's respond to you. You presume that, you know, God is somehow sitting in heaven, and everything that happens in terms of nature is a decision from God to reward or punish and that nature doesn't run its own course as permitted by God. That's a big presumption. Nature runs kind of almost automated as determined by God to allow us to live in a physical world. To not understand that is to not understand sickness, is to not understand tsunamis, is to not understand COVID, right? If you presume that everybody who died because of COVID is being punished because some kind of thing is, I'd say, absurd and offensive and and a, a conclusion which i reject absolute the i didn't say i didn't say anything that, like that I'm, I'm saying that's why i said if the fact that people will think that means they've not taken the time to think which is why i said to you it, it's a ra- regular hat response but it's predicated on misunderstandings on errors in emuna which are prevalent in our community and the absurd thing is i have on my shelf some of the writings of some of our best teachers who wrote about these wait, things, wait, wait. who taught us not to think that so way. So if I understood Which you correctly, you're saying COVID is a function of nature. It's a virus that stemmed from nature. And therefore, God allows nature to function in the world. And a million people died. And really, God had not, they didn't have nothing to do with it. But God kind of just, you know, didn't cause it or not cause it. He just let it happen. 
So therefore, if, God, if that's God expects true, us to respond to things that occur through nature, which God enables to function, shall we say, in, independent with the possibility of being interrupted. Well, well, okay, yeah, no, I just want to defend Johnny so passionately here. First of all, um, just to show the complexity of the world in which Johnny comes, what I would say to Johnny is, okay, what Johnny just quoted was the Rambam, but that's not the only approach to how we view evil, right? Basically, Ruby, you're like, Baruch. can you give me an answer to suffering? I'll break a lachat. So Johnny is no, pulling No, somebody said that you, somebody One said... One second. I will tell you again. Get out your shot glass. Get out no, your shot glass. Well, I <laughs> have to give you the answer, I'll break a lachat. My Did answer is... What does Rosalovitchik say? He says, we don't ask why things happen. We ask, how are we going to make meaning out of this experience? And so the same thing when it comes to COVID. What, what's going to be our response to COVID? I don't know why God says COVID. Now, if you want to have a sheer, and which I'm sure Johnny can assemble with incredible source sheets on the, you know, Again, the Rambam versus Rav Dessler, right? Who wrote occasionally, Rav Dessler would believe, yes, every single thing that happens, every leaf that falls, every grass, it's, it's, is, is God's hands uh, uh, right uh, in, in history. Rabbi Nachman, every blade of grass. Let's put the Ramban on there, the Beinoni. To me, you right? guys are second, exactly describing why people don't want to talk to us about, about Exactly. Jewish so what I want to like, say well, is... Well, I could give you a shearing correct, this position correct. and that I, okay, position. So, no, so, no, where's so God second? in my life? Where's God in my life? Okay, good. So I'll tell you two things. I, I, one, one the Kotzka says where you let him in. What did you say? What did Johnny yeah. say? The Kotzka says where you let him in. Okay. Like, so, fine. Where's one God second. in your life? Take some responsibility, my right. friend. Right, okay, so good. So <laughs> I want to I wanna, like, give, give like, one point to, one point to Johnny. Right. I got Johnny exercised. Okay, good, I'm happy. <laughs> okay, one, one point to Johnny is, again, like, <laughs> this is complicated. Life is complicated. It's legitimate to give a complex answer and to ho- hope that people can hold complexity. And even there, I think Rav Salvechik's answer, which I think is kind of where Johnny's sort of going, it is an Al Regalachas answer, which is we don't, we in our community, we don't do that simplistic thing where we say we know what sin brought about this magefa. In our community, we speak the language of how can we make this into a religious experience and how can we respond with tshuva? And what tshuva hey, means... Wait a second. No, we don't. A, we don't. We should. We, we complained about the fact we don't. Right. Because, I, and I, people but are what I'm saying in, is... Because we, everything, every time a tragedy happens, I thought that... I, you're right. Of course, it's not the sleeve length and it's not the tzniyah. Okay. That, that, that's a So silly, you're right. I we mean, should have had Kenes hit over roots. Eight Sarah Yaakov, there's a my, worldwide magefa. And how are we responding? We should have had that. 100%. All the Rebbe from the modern Orthodox world should have been there and they should have had a conversation, right? I could, And you could see it. You could see Rav Sherlock having, having this conversation. For sure, you have so much to say. You could see Rav Malaman having what and to some say. Some did. Right? The truth is some and, did, but it wasn't and uh, we should one have that. invited. But I also want to say something in, yes. in defense of Ruby because I was actually thinking about this in my own personal life, which is um, I have a Shiloh that I want to ask, not for myself, but for somebody else. And... I was thinking who they should ask. And first I was thinking about the Rabbeim in a certain yeshiva. And I'm not necessarily yeshiva at Haaretzion, even though I live in Alon Shavuot. And I knew that those answers were going to be very much the things that, were, that frustrate the heck out of Ruby. Well, you know, it's complicated. And it all depends on what you think. And it all depends on what you feel. And here's one position. And here's one position. And then I said, you know what? I'm thinking of a different Rav. And maybe I'll even say who it is. Rav Ramon. Okay, because Rev Ramon is Dati Lumi, but you know what? He also leans a little bit more to the whatever you want to call it, the Yeshivish, the 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 Frumi, the Haredi. Rev Ramon would have no problem being a little bit black and white, right? 
and calling things as they are and saying things with intensity and passion. And so I, I, I straddle this tension and I think we have to hold both pieces. I am totally with, I'm not going to say with Johnny because I think Johnny agrees with me here, but the side that Johnny was representing here, which is can we make space for complexity and can we understand that like we have to give people um, multiple answers and they'll find the answer that speaks to them. And I also have a lot of empathy for sometimes you, you go for answers that on the surface seem a little bit more simplistic, but that speak to the heart rather than to the mind. And, and I think that, we, that our community has to be more comfortable doing that. You know, if, if we had a talk from our Rav, 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 um, Rav Hillel in Yabin Yamin. He gave a talk this Shabbat about, you know, the phenomenon of kids that are leaving orthodoxy. And it was really interesting because the talk was 12 reasons why it's happening and then 12 ways to, ways to handle it. And he gave us 12 reasons, and then he said, okay, I'm going to give you 12 reasons how to handle it. It was amazing how he did it so quickly. His name is. Number one, do you daven to, to Hashem? And I was like, that's so refreshing, because, yes, it's not our Listen, fault. I said this in my, my Daf Yomi post this morning, uh, uh, <laughs> which I presume you read on your Vamas Ein Ches. You know, I said, like, made it we, crystal clear. We're like, you know, we're thinking of all these reasons and all these factors and all these, like, like, it's the first thing, the question of, is God, like, you get to call it Kutzker, I don't know all the different philosophies, I really don't. Is God in your life? Do you bring God into your life, first and foremost? Before, and I think that we, that we first go to Rav Salavechik and Rabbi Sachs and the theory, and that you can't, how dare you say this, and how dare you say that, without, our first thing should be, yeah, what's God's role in COVID? And I don't know, but I know he's trying to tell us something. And then, how should, and then the second is, I know the Rav Salavechik and the famous, the Holocaust, not, 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 lama ela lima. You know what I'm saying? But he was talking about the Holocaust. And if that's going to be the answer for everything, that becomes the answer. It is, is the answer for everything, Ruby, because if you, if, because no it's answer. very problematic that, to no say, answer. no, but it's so fundamental. This is what Johnny's arguing. Johnny's saying, you know, well, say, well, don't tell okay, me what sorry. I'm saying. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying right? it's funda very fundamental to be able to say, I don't know, I'm not God, I don't know what he does. And the difference between, therefore, I'm saying God did X because of Y, which makes me, um, I don't know, all kinds of problematic things fill right, in the blank. The movie theaters versus, are open, that's the train derailed. I'm not saying that. I'm versus, not saying that. versus, I'm looking for God's kind of like, I'm trying to, as you said, I totally agree with you. God is present in my life. And I'm going to try to figure out how the things that are happening are going to challenge me to, um, to, to change See, my, my life. In the, to in the same Kriyat Shema, to, I'm just in the same that you quoted, to be, I have to ask Hashem Elokecha. The second paragraph is, Hishamrulachem penyiftelevavchem. Correct, but I don't know how, I don't know how that works. That you can say that's, that's also national, and not I'm like, individual. Well, that's like so, like, you know. Who are we to say today that Hayam Shemur applies? And how do we know okay. what the patterns so are made So everybody has for? to find their own. Again, what I'm saying is there's no, a... No, you didn't say balance. There is no balance. We, we, have no, we have no decision. We have no question. We can't say that even something as massive as a worldwide epidemic that killed millions and millions of people... I'm, not, I'm a, saying a, there could a, be a, a broad of range of responses and that I think that there, it's worth having... Again, I'll... I'll Send it back to Johnny here. But it's worth having a conversation about the broad range of responses where I do agree with you, Ruby, is that you and God and COVID should be in conversation. Johnny? Well, firstly... You can answer for yourself. I feel, <laughs> I feel slightly misrepresented. Secondly, sorry about that. I was trying to defend you, you, you but sorry be, about that. You seem, to be, you seem to be claiming and say that Nate, I, I'm equating nature with God. That's, that's kafira. We don't talk about mother nature. We talk about sister nature. 
Uh, and just as much as I have free will, there's a certain system in place called nature. That doesn't negate the fact that God is behind things. What it does mean is, do I understand the association between one and the other in real time? That's the question. So that's point number one. Point number two, I say Vayashma, that doesn't mean that in every single moment there is a storm, we know for sure. If we read, I mentioned Masechet Ta'anit, there, are ju- there is a process we go through when bad things happen, in which we try and understand. No, we may not necessarily understand, depending on the severity of what's taking place. We try and make sense of things, and we try and change ourselves, right? That's our Masorah. Point number three, I wrote <laughs> explicitly, I mean, I didn't know you were going to quit Rav Hillel, I didn't know what he said. Of course we daven, and that's part of the problem. In, that, that's one of the main messages of our great modern Orthodox teachers, that tefillah is where we express our taking God seriously. One of the problems in our communities is that we don't take God seriously enough to make the effort to pray. And people say, what's going on with my family? And the question is, did you daven for your kids? And people say, I'm not Haredi. I say, if you didn't daven for your kids, it's not a question Haredi. It's you didn't see God in your life enough that you wanted to talk to Creator about the greatest responsibility you have. If that didn't dawn on you, there's something so deeply problematic about your understanding of your role in the world and God's role in your life that we need to start back to the basics. That's not to do with... It's not, it, it, that's not a question of modern orthodoxy. It's a question of a person's understanding of, you say, being a nevertheless of a person being a mammon. It's poshut, basically. And the very fact that these most obvious poshut things have somehow been overlooked for the desire, oftentimes, to have very philosophical and very complex conversation in their community is a problem. Meaning, it sounds to be, or the way perhaps my words have been interpreted, is I'm always talking about complexity. I'm actually a very simple person. I, I like things very partial. You ask a Sfad, you do what they believe, they'll rattle off Yigdal. They'll say, that's what I believe. They'll point to Aaron Kodesh, where, where they kiss before they start davening and where they kiss at the end and say, that's what I believe. It, it's, it doesn't even need words. It's, it's Baruch Hashem. It's like right there. If I can't express it, it doesn't matter whether you can do it poetically or with prose. But if you can't express it, if it's not clear to you, there's something problematic about the fundamentals. And though complexity is right, yeah, when you've got a global pandemic where millions of people die, I'd like to think that, that you know, we deserve a better answer than what can be written on a bumper sticker. That isn't the question. See, that's a, question Johnny, that's a slogan ask, too. Uh, that's a slogan too, you know. People what? What Davin? No, I, I, I'd like seriously? to think it's more than can be said on a Take bumper Dara sticker. Seriously? No, no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I like, yes, everything is complex. Everything is complex. But sometimes belief and faith are simple. It's about the connection between Correct. you and God. So here's a and question. If you complexify, so now we're on, on the same page. It, now we're on the you same can page. Complexify it to such a degree that that that. It, it, I agree. It uh, we're, but, um, it, we're, like irrelevant. we're singing from the same hymn sheet. That's why you push me about the most difficult of questions. So I'm going to say that's a difficult answer. But if you're asking me, when we eat food, what do we mean by saying a bracha? I, it doesn't require a complex answer. And if you can't explain it to a child, it means you're not explaining it to your children. Because that's what we do in Jewish homes. If you can't explain what the Shema means, and you're supposed to be saying it to yourself and your children, and you don't understand what it means and can't express it in less than a tweet length of characters, there's something problematic because you can't communicate it. You know, Briskorov said it. If you can't explain it, you don't understand it. I don't need to understand COVID because I'm not God. I do need to understand what is a bracha because I'm expected to say brachas. I didn't bring COVID 
but I do say blessings. I didn't bring cover, but I do say Shema. And as a Jew, as somebody who learns Torah, as somebody who's blessed to have children, these basics have seemed to have eluded a lot of people in our community precisely because the balance is wrong. Precisely because at times we overcomplicate, as you say, the simplistic, as Rabbi Lamb says, we, we've got too much chokhmah and too little tmimus. And that tmimus is absolutely critical. And so, what am I hearing, what am I seeing is families who can quote deep things, but who can't explain what should be basic things. And when it comes down to it, it's the absence of those basics which lead to sometimes strain in families, strain in heart, strain in moments of crises. Whether, is God with me or not? That's the question. I don't need to explain what is God doing. That's, that's beyond my, my uh, salary. But that God is with you, you should know. You should know that. And why we're not talking about that? Why discussions of God's soul, Jewish philosophy, is something which seems to be an extra cherry on the cake in, in training religious leaders, in training educators? Why this seems to be a bonus rather than a basic? That's what I'm trying to make sense of. Okay, Molly, we'll turn it to you and we'll wrap up. I'll just say, uh, I don't think I can add to what Johnny said. I think it was perfect and I think, uh, I appreciate how he articulated it because I think that that's exactly right. I think that's what we're missing. Um, with this, we're missing. It's what we're missing in our communities. It's what we're missing in our families. Is that? I I, I don't. I won't repeat what you said. I just think you said it perfectly. Okay. I think I think it's a good place to stop. We obviously didn't get to the second question in the survey, but I'm actually Johnny. Apologize if I pushed you too hard. It wasn't uh, my intention. You didn't. It's, by the way, it's. The, the, I said before, you know, this this is, uh, and it's important to... I didn't think you we were going this way. We're having yeah. real conversations. <laughs> and that's the point is, I'm happy, I'm happy to respond. Just know that you ask a question which I think isn't the one that we need to answer. So I'll give you an answer which is insufficient precisely because that's not the one I feel I need to be answering all the time. However, you ask me what is a bracha, you ask me what is shema, you ask me what it is to be a mamin, you know, ask me what it means to be an ever Hashem, I'd better have an answer, because that's what I do, that's who I am, you know, that's the one thing I'm counting on. And so, our families, our young people in our communities, who have such lack of clarity on these issues, when moments arise, when crises happen, and they're not quite sure, Trust me, that they, they just say, what's it all worth? So I can, I can sing Anim's mirrors, but I, I don't know if God's with me in this moment of worry. It doesn't count for that much, and that's what's happening. And we need to feel it. We need to feel the pain and, and say, this isn't coming from a place of blame, and I'm not doing the whataboutism about other communities. It's saying, we've got the wisdom, we've got these wonderful teachings of our great teachers, right, which have taken us so far, which have given us so much. We need to pass it on. We have that duty. I think that um, what Rajani said also reminded me of, uh, you know, like you're asking, like, where was God in COVID? Nobody cares what God was in COVID. What they care about is, what does that question mean to me? And that's what Johnny's coming down to. And so that's the question that we that we have to be able to have conversations with, with, with our students. And that reminds me, once I think somebody once did a survey, this is in the 80s, the 90s, of high school students, do you believe in God? And we all said yes. Do you believe that God has a personal relationship with you? No. And that's where we're failing. I think if you did the same survey today, I'm not sure we, they would all say yes. Say that you believe in God question. Okay, yeah. then we're even farther along. Yeah. All right, we'll stop here. Much more to talk about. If you have follow-up, you want to contact us, you know how to reach us on our Facebook page or each of us are on, on the internet all over the place. 
so you can reach us there. I want to thank Molly and Johnny for this uh, fascinating discussion. It's what, I, it's what I love about the podcast most. When we go off the rails and we really talk to one another, I think that's, uh, we really benefit. I, I enjoy the conversation, and, as, and I did as much as, as I always did. Uh, I want to thank my son for our music. If you have suggestions for topics or thoughts you'd like to share with us, please feel free. Have a great weekend. Everybody.